Today's message is entitled, What is your name? What is your name? Your future depends on it. Say that with me. What is your name? Your future depends on it. In the Bible, God has clearly uh, used the term name, names of God. He's given names in the Bible. Um, People have names for reasons. There are names for identification, names for meaning. Uh, names for titles and roles. Um, So it's important that we spend some time to focus on our name. And continuing with our theme of how to act in 2022 uh, and how to be people of action, uh, a lot of times our names uh, can impact how we act because oftentimes people are named based on their actions or their intended actions. Uh, We know that God's name is Jehovah Rapha. One of his names in the Old Testament is Jehovah Rapha, which means the God who heals. So his name speaks of his action. Got it? So another of his names is Jehovah Jireh, uh, which means the Lord provides. So his name creates identification as well as classification for an action He provides. Now, in the Bible, though, it's interesting, God changed the names of four people we know of. The reality is that sometimes names need to be changed, or a name has been given incorrectly, meaning the name doesn't match the person or the name doesn't match the action. And so God said as examples that there were four people in the Bible that God himself said, I'm going to change your name. The question is, why did he do that? What is the significance of changing a name? The title of the sermon is, What is your name? Your future depends on it. The question is, again, why wasn't the first name good enough? We all know that people used to pick names because they meant something. People used to look, well, not online. That Online wasn't available then, but they looked through the baby book name or the encyclopedia or different things that we had back then, and they try to find names that meant something. And people named their children after biblical names in the Bible because they wanted their children to like someone who was in the Bible. But now a name could be anything for any reason. And so it begs us to ask, what is my name? And what does my name mean? And how does my name affect my future? In light of this, I ask you this morning, what is your name. What's your name? The question speaks to your future. My name speaks my future. 
and my future speaks my actions. Watch this. So my name indicates that I have a future and my future details my actions. God is not giving a future without anything to be done in that future. Tracking? So our names not only indicate that we have a future, but it indicates we have actions to perform in that future. Now I'm going to give you today five examples of the names God changed. Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Simon, and one tricky one, we'll explain it, Saul. What can we learn about our names by looking at these examples? I want to look at them and see what we can learn about why God changed their names. Because what I learned is that names should represent your future and not your past. So when you ask yourself the question, when you try to answer the question, what is your name? You must be able to see if it represents what's ahead or does it represent what's behind. Let's look at some examples today. The first example here is Genesis 17, 5 through 7. And it says, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. You see that? So he says, For I have made you a father of many nations. And then he says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. Oh, notice the term shall, what's coming ahead shall come from you. And then verse 7 says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. So look at the connection of what is yet to come. Now, look at also Sarah's name. Verse 15 and 16 outlines hers. 15 says, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, Sarah, your, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. So Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah. All right? And then 16 says, And I will bless her. And also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Now watch this. Let's look at their example. First of all, we kind of get this inclination that God changes the name from Abram to Abraham, and it talks about what shall happen. And if you notice this, the name not only represents the future of Abraham and Sarah, it represents the future of their children. So this blessing is generational. Watch this now. So when, watch this, listen to this. Don't miss this little Ben. When God gives you a purpose. He does not give you a reason to live that stops when you die. 
He creates you to have impact on people long after you are gone. He understands that you have a limited lifetime. And so what he does in our lives must carry on to other generations. So, duh, what do we do? When we have children, we give our children names. Ah, so we pass on the legacy or the dynasty or the purpose or the meaning through their lives that God works in generations. So you selfish Christians who thinks God is only blessing you, you're wrong. God is doing stuff in you that's going to affect people way down the line. No good business owner would open a business to be successful and not have a successor to carry it on. So God says, what I'm doing in your life impacts life far beyond you. And a lot of that has to do with the change of the name. Hmm. It's interesting. The text, the text is talking about the changing of a name. Why change the name? Why isn't Abram good enough? Just give him the purpose and the future. Because the name says something greater. The second thing I learned is that it is never too late for a name change. Abram's name was changed when he was about to have uh, Isaac. And Abram had Isaac at 100 years old. Sarah was 90. So those of you who think, well, it's too late for God to give me a purpose and give me a meaning. I'm telling you that God created something from Abraham and Sarah that passed on to Isaac. Isaac went on and married Rebekah and Isaac had children, Jacob and Esau. We'll see that. And Jacob was the one who later on had Joseph and Joseph becomes ruler in Egypt and leads the people to Egypt, which makes it possible for Moses and then Joshua. And then, you know, on down the line, do you, do you get what I'm saying? So you can, listen, you may not have a physical baby, but you could create something. You could birth something at 60 years old, 70 years old, 90 years old. God can change your name. I feel God saying maybe that he could change the name on the marquee. Have you gone in New York? You see the billboards, you see the different things. Those those names change. And, and if you've ever been hated and people talking about you, don't worry, honey. It's going to be a new name. They're going to talk about somebody else. Listen to this understanding where God can change a name even when it's late in the game. Oh, I feel like I'm rapping. Wait a minute. So Abram, watch this now. We saw in the text that Abram's name was changed to Abraham. Abram meant he was the father of barren. All right, so he was barren with Abram. God says, we need to change that. I can't have you being the father of many nations with a name that doesn't reflect that. Are you tracking what I'm saying? Your name must reflect your future. So he said, I'm changing your name from the father of no children to the father of many nations. So we just gonna change it from go to Abraham to Abraham. All right. So notice, notice though. Oh, this is so good. Notice there's not much change there. There's still some similarities. There's still a lot of things about you that God keeps. There's still a lot good about you, but you must change some identifiers about you that reflect your future. You need to tweak your life in some areas change some friendships, change some places you go, change some ways you identify by how you act. Uh-oh, come on. Then God says your future must reflect your 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 name must reflect your future. And many of us like to brag or be braggadocious about where we come from because you don't think your future is brighter than your past. We hang on to the heyday. Oh, I really lived then. 
Well, dummy, you ought to be thinking that your best days are yet to come. And that's what God is trying to communicate. Got to move on. He changed Sarai to Sarah. She will have a child as well. That, that, that will help. Listen, if, if Abraham was going to be the father of many nations, then he needed a wife to have the babies with. So Sarah's name has to change too. Oh, wait a minute. Let me explain this. Sometimes when God changes your name, he must change the names of the people on your team who are going to help you with that future. Oh, come on. You can't change your name and not change the people around you. You can't. What's the scripture say? I might quote it wrong. You can't put new wine in old wine skin. In other words, it'll pop. It doesn't match. There is no agreement with it. And so you can't be in agreement with a new life with people from your old life. Oh, this is good teaching. So he says, I need to change Sarah's name too because Sarah is pertinent to your future. And so I must adjust her will as well. So their futures were united, but each played different roles. They were important to each other's future. And Abraham would be the father of kings. Watch this. The text said, Abraham was going to be the father of kings. And then for Sarah, it said kings would come from Sarah. So it shows Abraham's going to be the father of the kings that come from Sarah. So together they are a unit. Abram meant exalted father, but Abraham meant father of many nations. So while the name change indicates similarities, the scope is much greater. So what he's saying is, even though he was being depicted as a father, that's great. He was a father. The difference is God says, I want you to be a father of many nations, meaning that it's bigger than where you came from. And that leads me to believe that God is always trying to get us to look towards something that's bigger. There is no such thing as a future that is worse than where you came from with God. Everything with God gets better as you move forward with, oh man, they don't teach you this in church. Our futures often have hints from our past. Our futures have elements and similarities from our past, but our futures should always exceed our past. Oh, that's good. They should always be better than where we came from. So watch this. Whatever is ahead should be greater than what's behind. That's a quotable. Whatever is ahead should be greater than what's behind when you're walking with God. So Abram was on local level. Abram. Abram was local level. But Abraham was global level. And so local level Abram was, he was the father of Lot. Well, which Lot really wasn't his. Lot was his nephew. So in other words, he was a father of sorts. Ooh, this is good. Abram, Abram was a father of sorts. But now God was going to make him a father of reality. He said, you've been playing the role of a father, but now I'm going to make you a real father. And Abraham fired back. Abraham fired back. He said, he said, how I'm going to be a father of many nations and Sarah can't even have a baby. She's barren. He says, you don't worry about that, Abraham. He said, you don't worry about that. The name change indicates that I'm going to do it. And so when he was 100 and Sarah was 90, God said, this time next year, you're going to have a baby. Sarah laughed, thought it was a joke. And God said, no, don't be laughing at the name. Don't laugh at the name because the name change indicates I will do what I said. So the question is today, what is your name? Your future depends on it. Sarah, Sarai meant princess. Sarah meant my princess. So God was saying, again, you've been playing the role of everybody else's princess. You've been everybody else's mama. You've been everybody else's friend. Now God says, I want you to be my friend. Isn't that amazing? 
That's all in the name chain. Let's look at the next, next example. The next example here is Jacob. The text says, and the Lord said to, to her, two nations are in your womb. We're talking about the mother, Rebecca. Two nations are in your room, womb, <laughs> your room. Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. 24. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. All right. So that's his name, Esau. The babies come out. First thing you do, give them a name. 26. Afterward, his brother came out. Now watch this. And his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So when the brother was coming out, he grabbed Esau's heel, trying to hold him. And the text says, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Abraham was 100. Isaac was 60 with twins. Watch this now. So now look at the text. Here's going to be the name change. Chapter 32, verse 24 says, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. This is grown-up Jacob now. This is grown-up Jacob wrestling with the angel. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, meaning the angel, he touched the socket of his touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now watch this. So he said to him, What? is your name he said jacob <laughs> right so right there well what's wrong with jacob what's wrong with jacob 28 and he said your name shall no longer be called jacob but israel for you have struggled with god and with men and have prevailed so, look at this. First of all, Jacob was caught trying to grasp the heel of his brother Esau from the womb. His name was called Jacob from the womb because he was holding the heel of his brother. He came out holding the heel of, his, of Esau's foot and Jacob means trickster. Jacob means supplanter. In other words, I'm going to pull you back in. Let me come out first. Jacob was trying to hold his brother down. He's Jacob means the one who replaces another. In other words, later on, we know that Jacob stole Esau's birthright. So Jacob's stole Esau's birthright. Jacob tried to hold Esau in the womb. Jacob lied to Isaac and tricked his dad into thinking he was Esau so he could get his birthright. So Jacob from birth was a problem. So when Jacob grew up, he was traveling on the road and he was scared Esau was coming to get him. So while he was on the road, an angel came and started fighting with Jacob and Jacob wrestled him and the angel asked Jacob, what's your name? In other words, what? In other words, it's time to change. Oh God, you listen. Oh, this is going to be good. I hope I have time. From a child, Jacob had been a trickster. 
Jacob had an uncle, Laban, who was a trickster. He was a con artist. He was the brother of Rebecca, his mama. And they were all hustlers. And Jacob picked up the nature of their family. Some of you have the nature of your family. You lying, conniving cheats. You're strategists of negativity. And God says at some point, it's time to change. And he meets Jacob uh, in the wilderness and asks him. He didn't say it's time to change. He asked him, what's your name? In other words, do you know who you are? And yo, Jacob said, my name is Jacob. He identified as trickster. He identified as supplanter. Yes, my name is Hustler. I tried to steal my brother's birthright. I did steal it. I tried to hold him in. I lied to my daddy, all of that. And God says, your name shall no longer be Jacob. It shall now be Israel. Watch this now. Sometimes knowing our name changes us. Ooh. So he asked him, what's your name, Jacob? In other words, he was saying, do you know who you are? Do you know what your future is? Your future is not hiding out here in the wilderness from a brother that you tricked. God is saying, you're running scared. You're living in paranoia. There's some rap artists, and it's not even good. It's, I mean, it's not even right. It's not even, you shouldn't be listening to it. But he talks about you can't make money living in fear. And, and the idea, you can't, you can't be who you are when you're living in fear. And so the question is loaded when I ask you, what is your name? The question is, do you know who you are? In other words, do you know what changes? need to be made. We have to grow. Uh, we have to grow into our names, Latanya. We have, and sometimes people come up with these beautiful names. Oh, that's so pretty name and pretty name, but the life don't match up to it. You give somebody a pretty name who's got an ugly attitude, an ugly spirit. And so we have to grow into the name. So notice Jacob was a boy. Jacob was a baby. He came out wrong. He came out holding his brother's ankle and he tricked him. And and it's not until he's a grown man with a family that God says, now you've got to change. In other words, his life is now ready to match up to his future. And sometimes God delays our progress because our names, our lives don't match what he has for us and he needs to change us. And oftentimes that is some event that happens in the wilderness where we fight, we battle a sickness, an illness, a foreclosure, we lose a job. We go through a divorce. In other words, we break down. We go into depression. We experience some horrible fight or tragedy or struggle within. And God is trying to get you to see who you really are and what you are made of. And notice the angel said, your name is Israel because you have wrestled with man and God and have prevailed. And so God is saying, I'm going to take you through something to see if you can handle the issues of man and you can deal with the trials that God has allowed on your life. And if you can, then you're ready for what's ahead of you. But all of you who cowards, who go through a little stuff and quit, oh, I stopped coming to church, I'm going through something, and you crawl into your hole, you are not fit for the future that God has for you. And your name is identified with your past. The same thing happens when God changes our names. We must grow into what he has called us. Jacob changed from the supplanter to Israel, the man for God's people. So he changed from being a trickster to being named Israel, the people of God. I'm going to name you after my nation. He says, I'm going to take your name from hustler to nation. You're going to be named after my people because you, you trickster, you hustler represent who I love. Oh my God. So he, he, he would, he would become known for the direct engagement with God. He slowly releases his desire to gain what belongs to others. And he begins to live for God. So no more Jacob trying to take from other people. Now he tries to live for God. Are you tracking? So Jacob changes to Israel. Next example. Let's move on. The text says, 
This guy's name is Simon. Verse 40 says, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So Simon's name changes to Peter. This is Simon Peter. So Peter goes, Simon goes from Simon to Cephas, which means rock or stone. Now, Simon, watch this, Simon, regular Simon, regular Simon was a fisherman. His brother was Andrew. They just fish in mind their own business. They see Jesus. Andrew sees Jesus and says, oh, this is, man, this is good. He goes back, tells his brother, Simon, come come see this dude. Come see this man named Jesus. Andrew brings Simon. When Simon gets in front of Jesus, Jesus says, oh. In other words, Jesus looks at him and says, I got a future for you. And he says, you can't be Simon. You need to be Peter. I want you to see this. God looks at him on first encounter and says, oh, I need to change your name. So names are given at the birthing of something. When you start a business, you give it a name. When you have a baby, you give it a name. And I want you to understand that when God creates a future, he sees a name with it. There is no plan of God that doesn't already have names assigned. Uh, As a manager, when I come up with assignments or projects, I assign names. uh, Any project manager assigns tasks to names. And if you don't know what your name is, God will be. Have you ever been in the waiting room and they say, uh, uh, paging uh, Tommy, paging Tommy. Uh, and if you sitting there and your name is Tommy, you don't know your name is Tommy. You you just you'll miss out. You have to know your name so when you hear God say Peter, you won't be sitting there listening for Simon. Oh, this is wait. So listen, you've got to learn how to know your name so that when God establishes a future for you, you know how to connect with what's ahead. So watch this. Old Simon was a fisherman. The new Peter would become the rock of the church. So the old Simon was going to fish for regular fish. The Peter Jesus called was going to be a fisher of men. Don't you remember Jesus meets him on the boat? He says, you will no longer be a fisher of fish, but you will be a fisher of men. In other words, your future is bigger than, oh, stop crying about What got away? You are mad that that fish was only four feet long. God says, I've got something way better for you. And you're depressed and you're anxietous and frustrated because of a life and a past you cannot change. Forget it, honey. Look toward the hills from whence cometh your help. Forget the things which are behind and look forward to what is ahead upon this stone. Listen, later on, Jesus says himself, he says, your name will be called Peter or Cephas or stone. And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. So lying, uh, denying Peter, cussing Peter, cut off the ear of Malchus, Peter, became the stone God says, I will build my church upon your apostolic teaching. So Simon means, Simon means, the regular name means he has heard or to listen. And so now, this is good. So Simon's name means he hears and he listens. So Simon goes from listening 
to preaching. He goes from listening to speaking because on the day of Pentecost, who did God pick to speak the message to win 3,000 souls on that day? Simon goes from listening to being Peter who preaches. In other words, no longer do you just sit and take in, now it's time for you to open your mouth and to speak. So Peter also was the one who had the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said to him, Peter, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose here, I will have already loosed it. Do you understand? God says, I'm gonna give you the keys to my house. And Peter, Simon was a regular fisherman who messed up, who screwed up when the people came and asked him, oh, there, Peter, Peter know Jesus. And Peter was like, I, no, I don't know him. No, I don't know him. I don't know him. He cussed before the cop crew three, three times. He said, you're going to mess up. And that's what I'm saying to you. We're all mess ups. <laughs> We're all mess ups. <laughs> but God says, I can still change your name and make something productive out of you. I hope I'm speaking to somebody. Peter had the keys, but again, note, Peter had a learning curve. He had to learn. He cursed God. He denied him. He became the man of God, though, that he was called to be. And why? Why? Again, the question is, why change his name? Because the name must match the future, and the future must match the actions. Let me move to my last one, running out of time. Now, this one here, uh, the Bible says, Then Saul, who is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. This is when Paul was on the road, Saul was on the road to Damascus, uh, and Jesus met him on the road with a bright light, knocked him down, blinded him, and all that. But look at verse 9. Then Saul, who also is called Paul. You see it there? Two names. Saul, who also is called Paul, meaning he has dual names. He goes by Saul and he goes by Paul. And the next part says, the dual man was filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. Verse 10 says, and said, oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Here is a name, Saul, who was, he called him, he's full of deceit. He was a fraud. He was son of the devil. He was enemy of all righteousness. He was putting people in prison. He was perverting the straight ways of the Lord. So in this book, this particular account in Acts, this one is a bit tricky because God didn't actually change his name, uh, for some of you who say, well, I can't change my name. That's all right, I got one for you. you. You can have both your names. He says he didn't actually change his name, but he used different names for different reasons. Ah, watch this. So the book of Acts, ah, that's why I got you reading it, is important in establishing Saul to Paul. Watch this now. Saul was his Jewish name. Oh, <laughs> Paul was his Greek name. Ah, God, watch this. The Jews represented the law. The Greeks represented grace. Ah, God, watch this. So God says there is a reason for when he is called Saul, and there's a reason for why he is called Paul. So when he's dealing with the Jewish folk, he needs to go by 
Saul. But when he's dealing with the Greek folk, you need to call him Paul. In other words, Jews, if you said Paul around Jews, that's not a Jewish name. They wouldn't know who you were talking about. But if you call him Saul, oh yeah, we know Saul. But when he was with the Greeks, when he was talking grace, when he was talking the cross, when he was talking the blood, his name was Paul because people identified with his Greek nature. But when he talked about the law, because Paul, Saul was learned in the law. He was one of the chief of the Pharisees. He was very astute and learned. So when he was around the Jews talking erudite about the law and the commandments, they knew him as Saul. In other words, you got to know who you are for each situation you're in. You oh, come on. You can't be a hood rat in corporate 500. You can't use corporate 500 when you're trying to talk to the homeboys. In other words, you've got to, oh, come on. It's, it's got to be, sometimes it's PC, sometimes it's Pastor Cherry, sometimes it's Pastor Cherry George Smith III, sometimes it's Cherry, sometimes it's Geo, sometimes it's C. I, come on, I've got to know where to use my name to have the most impact. Why? Because your name reflects what you're going to do. So when you learn what you're called to do, you you adjust your name based on where you are and what you've been called to do. You can't go into the board meeting, starting the meeting, praise the Lord, everybody. Ain't nobody going to know what you're talking about. You've got to come in, good morning. Uh, what a great day it is. In other words, you're not playing a role. You have both names. I'm a little hood. I'm a little ghetto, but I'm a little bougie as well. I can't get rid of the two because God didn't change that about me, but it's in my future. It's part, in other words, God uses our background to help us reach more people. Paul, the same Paul, is the one who said, to the Jew, I became a Jew. To the Greek, I became a Greek. To the wealthy, I became wealthy. To the poor, I became poor. In other words, to every situation, I adjusted. Why? So I could have impact. In other words, my actions need to reflect the culture that I'm in. And some of you are not living in the place you should, and your name reflects that. You're trying to live with this group, but your name is still with your old group. You haven't made the changes in your life to reflect the future that God has for you. So God didn't actually change his name, but he used both of them in reference to geography, location, and culture. So you got to you got to look at the culture of your job. What's the culture of your family? What's the culture of your neighborhood? You got to learn, oh man, come on. You can you can't have every experience in life like you have in church. You can't you can't do everything like you go in church that is just not a good representation I preached that last week I ain't going back into that so as he started out ministering in Jewish sectors Saul would have been more appropriate but as he had assignments he changed Paul was the preacher to the Gentiles he needed a new name the Gentile God sent him to the Gentiles God said the people the Greek they're not going to accept you if you go in there I'm Saul I'm preaching the gospel that's no that's not a name they're going to recognize I need to I need you I need you to have another name to be able to be recognized. So even though God didn't directly change his name, those names both were given to him, but he did use the different names to represent his work, his calling, and his future. So in other words, adjust your name to reflect your calling, your culture, your future, your situation. What's your current situation? Well, what's your current name? <laughs> so while God may not change our names, we can learn to use our names in ways to reflect our futures. So watch this now. Let me look right into the camera because I need to make this clear. Let me just be straightforward with you. <laughs> so maybe we change our monikers, our hashtags, our names on our social media from Sweet Juicy Booty <laughs> or Sir Pimpsalot or Chocolate Pole Candy. 
or Hustler by Night or Hitman Jenkins at 225. <laughs> you know, in other words, st- change our names to a name more suitable that reflects your future. Listen, don't expect someone to hire you when doing the background check. They go across your social media site and see you drinking with the homies passed out on the floor. Even something as simple as, oh, what's your email address? We'd like to send you an offer. Uh, send it to Big Big Booty Juicy of uh, 5 Hood from the gangster. Gangsterg123gmail.com. Who's going to, I mean, what what hiring manager with, oh, gangster123, wait a minute. Get you a regular email, in other words, with a name that reflects your future. God, it's this practical enough. I'm just trying to get you to see. You got all these aliases, A.K. Big Dog, A.K. Uh, Redbone, A.K. You know, Silly Setty, whatever. You got all these aliases. Okay, that was cool when you was 13. That was cool when you was 17. You was in high school. Change it up, boo. Get your portfolio correct. Get your name correct. Get your attitude to reflect the new future that God has for you. Is anybody tracking? Oh, man. So here are some life lessons. I'm wrapping up. I'm done. Here's the life lessons I got for you. First of all, life lesson number one, your past is broken. Accept that. My past is broken. My past is broken. The point I'm trying to say is your past your original name, listen, your original name, there is something flawed about all of our pre-God days. Everybody has pre-God days. What nobody born saved, but Jesus, you hear me? So all of us come into the world, pre-God days, flawed. Your past is broken. Your name is jacked up. Your name should not be what it was when you were born. Every one of us has to look at our names and see our names from a different starting point. Not from when you were born physically, but from when you were born spiritually. In our parents' best interests and intentions, their desires for us may be skewed. They named us something they thought they wanted us to be, but God may have had a different plan altogether. But Godly parents, now this is true, godly parents often have insight into our futures and they name us names that give us hints into our godly futures. So people who have a name that's close to what it should be, that's, you know, like Abram to Abraham, that's probably you had a godly parent. They close. Those of you who need total reworks, refurbished, total remakeovers, you, you maybe you didn't have parents that prayed or saw the Lord. I'm being a little funny. But from our points of birth, our lives are building our past. Watch this now. Let me say this, Shauna. Listen, from our points of physical birth, our lives are building backwards because we are not with God and we don't have futures. So everything from our birth is building our pasts. In other words, everything I do each day establishes my history. But once I get saved, everything I do establishes my future. Oh man, our past though, watch this now, our pasts are instrumental in leading us to our futures, but we should never embrace our flawed, broken past as the life that we want to hang on to. Once we see the light, we must be willing to leave the darkness. Oh, I'll say that again. Once we see the light, we must be willing to leave the darkness. The darkness pointed you to the light and you should be thankful for that. But once your darkness has done its deed by getting you to the light, you must recognize that you are now living forward and you are no longer building backwards. Oh, I like that. I should deal with that more. Once our future is observed, we must accept it and embrace it and be willing to leave our past behind 
and what that life represented. So you have to ask yourself, my past is broken. Do I want to leave it for something better? Second point, my future is fixed. Past is broken. Future is fixed. In other words, now that you've been, uh, you know, born and you're in the earth, you saw the light, your mama took you to church, you got saved, your future is fixed. So now, now you have a new call on your name. Jesus saves you and he says, oh, I got something for you to do. You got a new name. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. We are new creations. We're new creations. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. So the future is given by our heavenly parents. Our past is given by our earthly parents. So if you want to know your future, you've got to get a relationship with your heavenly parents. And as I said, if your earthly parents had a relationship with God, your past probably wasn't that bad because they tried to steer you in the godly ways that they live. So if you didn't have godly parents, your life was probably a lot harder than others. But the re result is whether you come from a horrible background or a good background, we all can have great futures. Futures, Amen. So the future is spiritual and watch this, the future is spiritual and it has earthly presence. So your future is not just spiritual. Your future is earthly. You tracking? So the future has more meaning, thank you, than just local meaning. It's bigger than that. So you can't see your life as, you can't see your life as just local having regular, my family, my roots, where I come from, your siblings. If you, if that's the way you think you're limited, you must think bigger than your local origin. Our futures should always be brighter than our past. That's why we should rejoice in a new day. Every new day should be a day of rejoicing because ideally this day should be better than yesterday because every day I live, I'm trekking toward my future. Every day I lived before Jesus, I was trekking back toward my past, but I am more into my future today than I was yesterday. Are you tracking? So every day you live in God is the further away you move from your life of the sinful past. So listen, if somebody came up to me today and talked to me about something I did when I was 13, oh man, I ain't even feeling that. It's so long ago. I'm further away from that. So the further you move in your future, the less your past has control over you. Come on. This is good teaching. So when you establish an understanding of who you are in God, you learn that every day is brighter. Every move you make is taking you towards something that's bigger and you've got to start thinking that way instead of letting your past hold you hostage. So the future is fixed. Past is broken. Future is fixed. That's where you're broken. See yourself fixed. Past is broken. See yourself fixed. All right. Last one. All right. Here we go. My present though is brixed. <laughs> My past is broken. My future is fixed. But in the meantime, I'm brixed. <laughs> My present is brixed. And bricks means, for those of you who don't know, Riri, here you go. Bricks means broken and fixed. In other words, I'm in the process. Jacob had to grow. Peter had to grow. Saul to Paul, Saul and Paul, he had to learn things. He had to grow. He had to take time away. We have to grow in this process. There's a learning curve. God understands that once we accept Jesus, our new future and calling, we have to grow into it. Ain't nobody getting saved and then automatically become this holy, mature Christian doing great things for God. Nope, ain't gonna happen. God gives us a learning curve. He says, okay, Joy, you saved, but now I got to work on you. I got to work on your attitude. I got to work on how you look. I got to work on your spirit. I got to work on your ethics. I got to work on your character. 
God gives us time to grow. Somebody ought to say amen. And once we discover his will, we must sharpen our skills and desires to do it. In other words, the more I grow, the hungrier I become at doing what I've been called to do. In other words, as you grow in God, you ought to get more of a palate for the things that you enjoy and you love. You should not become more disgruntled as you grow older. Help us, Lord. Then we must develop the character and the life to match the calling that God has for us. That takes time. That takes trials. That takes frustrations and setbacks and disappointments and rejections. All of those things help to move us toward our future. But it also is helping us understand our name. And you know how I know when you know your name? When you know your name, you exhibit confidence. Oh, that's juicy. So we don't see, we don't understand, and it causes us to reflect that in our actions. We have to know what our promise is, and we have to change. Here's my final thoughts. God named me for a reason. So, God named me for a reason. So I say this to you. If God named me for a reason, don't call me out of my name. I'm going to just let that sit there right for a minute. Read it again. Read that again. If God named me for a reason, don't call me out of my name. Because to call me out of my name is to speak against my purpose. To call me out of my name is to speak against my future. And look, it took me years to to learn my name, to finally know my name. And I'm going to let you call me out of my name. You must be out of your mind. Every out of name calling, not every out of body experience, but every out of name calling works to derail our understanding of why God called us what he called us. Every time somebody calls, you ain't no good, you are this and you are that. It's all working to keep you from knowing who you are. We need parents and friends and teachers to speak our name so we can learn who we are. Stop degrading and denaming your children. Speak their name. If you're going to talk to them, even if you're going to fuss at them, fuss at them. Say, Cherry, I'm fussing at you. I'm fussing at you so you can know your name. I'm not calling you a derelict. I'm not calling you a lazy old something. I'm calling you your name because your actions should reflect who you are. I wish I would associate your actions with a name that doesn't even exist. Nope. I named you Cherry and you didn't make up your bed. So not making up your bed reflects you. Ooh, this is good. So make sure people call you by your name. Why? Because your name is for the earth. Your name is here for a reason. God called you that name. God called Abraham that name. Sarah, that name. Paul, that name. Peter, that name for a reason. Why? On earth. My reality is destined to come to full fruition on earth. God didn't call Abraham, say, call Abraham, Abraham, so you can come to heaven. No, your name is for the earth. So make sure people know your name. You meet people, hi, my name is Cherry. Hi, how are you? I'm so-and-so. I'm using my name, but use your name, Wendy, Lawanda, Latanya, Cynthia. Use your name. Hi, I'm Cynthia. Start saying your name with more boldness and confidence. Make sure they know it. No, you didn't pronounce it right. It's spelled with an S, not a C. It's not Sherry. It's not berry. It's not fruit. It's not orange. It's Cherry. Say it again. Cherry, yes. Cherry. And they say, Miss Smith? No, Mr. Smith. Mr. I want you to know who I am, meaning that whatever my name is, my work on earth should reflect the realization of that. 
I am a reflection. My name is a reflection of the actions I commit. So, example, I was watching this sailboat yachting show. And when the crew was meeting for the first time, they were getting the crew together for the uh, charter who was coming on. And everybody who got on the boat, they came on board. Oh, hi, I'm Lisa. Hi, I'm Ben. Hi, I'm so-and-so. And then they were asking them, well, how long you been yachting? How long you been? In other words, they were associating the name with their years of experience because I need to know your name based on what actions are going to happen on this boat. Come on, somebody. Listen, you ain't at the pole club, so while we at work, don't tell me you red chocolate. Your red chocolate name doesn't match this setting. In other words, make cat man dang. Don't y'all get in this. So when you first meet someone, tell them your name and your name should be spoken per the circumstance and situation you're in. If your name doesn't reflect that situation, you shouldn't be in it. Come on. If every job you go to, they have to know your name. HR don't give you a job if they don't know your name. They want first thing they do. First question on an application is what? Name. I need to know your name. Why? Because names are for earth. Because names associate people with actions. People want to know your name so they can associate your actions with accountability and responsibility. So our goal today is to understand that God wouldn't change our names or call us to something that he didn't know we could fulfill on earth. So whatever God called me to, he knows I can get it done here on earth. None of the examples earlier had name changes for heaven. They were all here to change the earth. Abraham said, you'll be father of many nations. Where? On earth. He said to Simon, he said, you will be a stone here on earth. Whatever you bind, where? On earth. Whatever you loose, on earth. Saul, Paul was a preacher to the Gentiles. Where? On earth. Your name is changed for what you need to do on earth. It ain't got nothing to do with heaven. It's got everything to do with who and where you are on earth. We should all be striving to see our futures realized where? On earth. Unfortunately, there's where we see the fewest of people, Christians, living when nobody's living in the realization of their names. Nobody, everybody is wishing for the heydays. Oh, we used to have church. Oh, it wasn't at a time. Oh, I used to date her. Oh, all the things you used to do. Why not speak the living life of God? What I'm about to do, what I am doing. And then we got to get past the about to too. We got to get past the about to to I am doing it. Where I am fixed. I am healed. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the broke say I am rich. Let the, uh, the, the, the sick say I am healed. In other words, we've got to get to a point where we are living what we have been called to do. We have got to stop climbing the mountain. At some point, does the rough side ever become the top? I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. I want to stand on the top. I got a new song coming out. It's called Meet Me at the Top. I want to be at the top and I'll share the view with you. <laughs> and when I stand up, I ain't going to hate. You did your job. You did your work. You got here. You earned to stand up here too. Let's stand up on the top of the mountain together. And I don't want us to keep recalling traditions of church, traditions of relationships, hoping and wishing for past. I want us to be Christians who have weathered the storms and now see our future with God. So whatever God calls us to, he has already foreseen that we can handle it and we can do it on earth. And that's why he chose us. He chose us because he knew we were the best candidates on earth to get it done. You've got those gifts. You've got those skills for a reason. He called you with a purpose. So telling ourselves every day that we can't do this and we can't do that is telling God that you gave me the wrong name. Oh, and you certainly don't want to do that. So there is a sweet spot to our lives before we get to heaven. I know everybody want to go to heaven, but there is a sweet spot before we get there where we are living in our calling, where everything, the synergy of heaven and earth aligns that we are on the horizon where the power of the kingdom of God meets with the kingdom on the earth and we are doing our duty, fulfilling God's will. That is the sweet spot that we all should be aspiring toward. Not just heaven. You should get to a point where you are enjoying life, where you are happy to be alive 
because you are making a difference. There has to be time on earth, though, to get there. We have to get our gifts to line up with who we are. And I know it takes time, but you've got to find that sweet spot. Abraham and Sarah, Peter, Paul, all of them, they went through what they went through. But realizing ultimately who you are and who you are called to be is the ticket to reaching the goal. Uncertainly, uncertainty forever is never God's intention. Those of you who are sitting around, I don't know what God called me to do. If you've been saying that for 20 years, you're not close to God. God ain't trying to keep you in a mystery forever and ever. But he never delays his answers without giving us an answer. At some point, he comes through. That's not God. So to all of you, I'm hoping that you are able to experience the goodness of God. My name is how you see me acting. My name is how you see me acting. My name is how you see me acting. God has a future for all of us. God knows us intimately by name. God knows who we are and he is patient with our development. I will be and do all that God has created me before I die. I ask you, God knows your name, but do you know your name? Do you know what it is? So as we listen to this next song, let this song be your altar call. I want you to pray and ask God to reveal his name to you. And in your name, you will find meaning, purpose, and destiny. When you hear this song, pray to God yourself. And ask God to reveal your name. Let's pray. I'm PC. And that's all I've got.